Good afternoon. My name is Jade Johnson. Welcome to my podcast called At What Age is Too Young? Today I will be Today I am here with Mark Zaffron, who is an attorney in New York City who represents employers. We will be discussing child labor laws. Good afternoon, Mr. Zaffron. Thank you for being on my podcast. Hi, Jade. Thank you for having me on your podcast. You told me you want to talk about child labor wars, but do you know how long what child labor wars there are and how long they've been around? Or are you looking for me to tell you something about it? Yes. Okay, so during the Roosevelt administration, that was the administration of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, during the Depression, they passed what was known as the Fair Labor Standards Act. Because at that time, The big issue in America was how to get people back to work after the Great Depression, how to restore the economy. And Roosevelt was what they known as the progressive. And he was obsessed or working towards more fair workplace environments for workers, as well as trying to create regulatory schemes to prevent another depression. Um, And many of the the laws that they passed then, and the first labor law was passed in 1938. In that particular law had certain regulations regarding children working in dangerous occupations. Because as you may know, the history of children working goes back to there were children. During the industrial, it didn't become an acute problem until the industrial revolution around the 1600s, 1700s, because prior to that time, children worked with their parents, whether their parents were farmers, they worked with them in the field, and they stayed with them on their farm for the rest of their life. Um, the world wasn't very much known for social mobility in those days. People would, people would stay on their farms, or their father would be the village blacksmith, and they'd learn how to be the blacksmith. They had the apprenticeship program where you would apprentice a son out or to, to, the, to the blacksmith or the candle maker. And there were all these trades. Paul Revere, from you remember from your studies of the American Revolution, he was a silver maker. He had apprentices. Um, and that's how we kind of like slid into um, – in, into um, systems in the United States um, where we had to bring workers over from Europe because there were insufficient people living here and they would pay their way to come over to the United States by being, um, it wasn't so much apprentices, they were bondsmen. They would work for seven years or eight years for somebody. And many times that person they'd be working for would be a skilled craftsman and they would then go and um become a skilled craftsman themselves. But that system changed over time as America and the world, we'll we'll focus on America. As America got older and our economy got bigger, we had, as we know, two different types of economies. We had the Northern economy, which was based upon more industry with plenty of of rural and farms. And we had the Southern economy. There were the difference, of course, we all know about. But talking about factories, There were no social programs. There was no safety net. There were no food stamps. There was nothing like that. If you had children, there was either food or there wasn't on the table. So many families had no choice. 
coal miners, the kids started at age eight or nine working in the factories. There was never a thought of even sending them to elementary school. Forget college. I mean, people didn't think like that in the 1800s. And as things got closer, 1890, all keep going through all the periods of time as the industrial engine of America was growing, there was always child labor. But the problem with child labor, and the one thing that we've all learned, is that certain occupations are dangerous. And it wasn't really until the 1930s that we started seeing laws against child labor. Prior to that, you know, we had a whole generation of journalists in this country called muckrakers. These were people who wrote books like Ida Tarbell and uh, people of her name, uh, people like that who wrote books about the dangers of industrialization. Um, you remember the books about the stockyard, the, the jungle. Uh, you remember books, you know, you remember all the books, and unfortunately, I'm not going to remember all the titles right now, that were in the journalists that were coming out against all, the, all of what were bad things. Child labor was perceived as a bad thing. Children were getting consumption, which was what we know as tuberculosis at age 12. They were working in factories. They never, they had, their life expectancy was minimal. Uh, they would work in match factories. There were lots of jobs that required children's hands. Look at mine, thick, fat little sausages. Children have long, slender hands, and there were places where they would use them to pull things out, to take, to take to where their figures could get in. And sometimes these were moving machines. They were very dangerous. It started to a large extent in the mills and the looms and the power looms of um, of England. Where, there was, where the children used to have to pull blockages out of the looms. Um, in your own hometown of Patterson, New Jersey, it's called the Silk City, there was lots of children working in those mills down down by the falls. That's why you know the falls provided the power, but I'm digressing. It was, people recognized that, they didn't, that children shouldn't work in industrial, and to a large extent, there was a push to get children out of working in these dangerous occupations. But it was very slow. Like anything in terms of progress anywhere, you can't just say you can't do something, prohibit it, and people are going to stop doing it. They can find lots of ways to get around it. And they still, the economy depended to a large extent on child labor. So they took baby steps. First, they would prohibit children working in, in chemical factories and in heavy industrial occupations. <clears throat> What's interesting is that one of those occupations that children still can work in is that somebody as young as 16 can run heavy machinery. So as we started having children being less involved in industry, and, and now the difference between the type of machinery we use to build things and what we did during the Industrial Revolution is staggering differences. Now we can't even give enough jobs for, for, for adults because robots taking our work away. We have a problem in child labor today, which relates to agricultural labor. There's just some agricultural jobs that can only be done by hand. And exceptions have always been put on on the child labor laws in the federal government and all of the states having to do with agricultural work. You would have a family farm, ostensibly a family farm, and you you would have to have children get up in the morning and do certain work. Oh, of course they were called chores, 
but it's, of course they were agricultural work, getting up and milking the cows or getting the eggs from the chickens. But if you have a large farm and you're growing tobacco or cotton or any one of the crops that require people to pick them, harvest them, or people to, to, to put the seed in, or like tobacco, people to pull the flowers off before the automatic pickers come by and harvest the crop, you're going to end up with child labor. And the reason we end up with a lot of child labor and agricultural in at least those areas is because a lot of the work is done by migrant workers. Migrant workers tend to be illegal, semi-legal immigrants that we have that type of work that you're never going to find anybody who's born here that's willing to do unless they have no choice. So you'll have somebody, I've read a story about a family of four, four girls, three girls and their mother came up from South America, living in a trailer, and every morning, and the girls volunteered to go work on these in the backbreaking labor, pulling the, the flowers off the tobacco plants. And the reason is, is they either worked and there was no food on the table. It was a single mother with three daughters, and the exception in the in the statute is, is that you know it's agricultural work; they can get away with it. Most of these children, of course, I mean, American children. Luckily, hopefully, go to school and they're taught their rights. And even when you go to school, um, you're not taught all of your rights. We have a lot of kids working at McDonald's, Burger King, um, stores. They're not told about their breaks, their lunches, how much they're entitled to get, what to do with their money. You know, mostly the managers of these stores aren't much, much further up the food chain than the kids that they're hiring. But kids want to go work in a McDonald's when you're in high school. I'm sure you worked when you were in high school. That was extra money in your pocket. You needed to. There's only some people only have so much money in the household. So we, we, we've now, it's now the year 2020. We still have child labor in this country. We still have children not knowing what their rights are. And, that, and we still have families that need to have a child working to supplement the family income. Otherwise, there's not that extra pair of sneakers or there isn't that, uh, that, that extra you know, shirt that they want. You can't give your children everything and it gets more expensive to live. Now, our problem is having to sort out how we're going to treat people coming across the border and where we're going to and where they're going to work. And so we have immigrant people coming here that have been, done, been very fortunate. Their parents got jobs, not in agricultural. And we have a lot of people that are stuck as migrant workers. When I was in college a long time ago, we met a lot of migrant workers that were picking apples in upstate New York. And children do it. There's other, other, they're coming from a society or a, a background in which children working is perfectly normal. The United States has rules against it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when a culture comes here and rubs up against what we consider to be right and wrong in our laws, yet it's going to be very hard for them to be able to support themselves. But I'm digressing into a political issue when we should be talking about what the laws are. So after the Fair Labor Standards Act, they went ahead and all the states have put laws in. And we have 50 states, which was, we have 50 different types of laws. There's the overarching federal laws, which require, believe it or not, the posting of, of, a, of, of, of your rights on the, on the, in the break room or wherever, wherever you work, which tells you how many hours you're entitled to work, um, what your rights are to workman's compensation, 
you know, what the minimum wage is. But those posters, most of the kids don't read them and they don't really realize what their rights really are. Um, they need the jobs and sometimes they're not really worried about their rights and they're easy to take advantage of. Uh, when you're, And that's also something that we have to work on all over the world because if we think about it, my wife has a comic friend of hers that used to do a joke, which wasn't so funny, about, um, no, it was a joke about child labor in China. Mm-hmm. Child labor in China and all those countries is huge. Child labor, convict labor. You know, when you kick that kid, when you kick that, um, that soccer ball that you just bought that says Nike on it or Converse or the name of any of the companies, don't forget how it was made. And it might have been made by children stitching it together in India or or Thailand or somewhere which allows children to work and doesn't require mandatory education. Um, where child labor has been restricted in the United States is that we also require mandatory education through high school. So supposedly all over the country, a child should be in high school or school up until they're 18 years of age or until they finish high school. Uh, Many people drop out. We know all the stories and everything else and still getting a high school education doesn't do it, but we try to limit the amount of child labor during the time that kids are in school. So child labor laws are designed around school hours. A child can't work in certain professions because they're dangerous. They can't work certain hours. They can't work more than uh, X number of hours a a week. They have to have working papers. They have to have the right to work. Um, They have to be paid the minimum wage. Um, There are are laws in this country that protect against child labor, but it's not that we don't have child labor. What we try to protect against here is the abuse of children who are working. I personally don't believe that we should allow exceptions to the child labor law to allow agricultural unless the work that the employer can show necessity. Because what's going to happen, as I perceive it, when I was doing a little research for your, to, when you asked me to do this podcast, and I started finding the stories about the abuses of agricultural workers, you know, it's now going to start running up against the whole concept of, of, of immigration in this country and legal or illegal immigration. None of that's going to stop the, the exploitation of people as they come across the border, mostly migrant workers in agricultural fields. Uh, we're still going to have that. So, Mr. Zaffron, since you did speak of the history of the labor laws and what children have endured, as a lawyer, what will, what resources will you provide for them so they can know their rights as a worker? Well, I'll turn it around, Jenny, but I think that's a very good question. And I think that all of the resources are probably here right now. And it's not a matter of coordination. A lot of times we've passed all kinds of laws and we've gone ahead and allocated all kinds of money. And we have all kinds of agencies, most of which step on each other's toes. But the first resource that we have is is the schools. And children should be taught from a fairly early age what their rights are. And unfortunately, we don't teach kids what their rights are. We hardly have an easy enough time maintaining discipline in the classroom and teaching them to read and write. 
But if a child is going to go out into the workplace, I believe when they apply for working papers that they, 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 they are given a, a pamphlet that says what their rights are. Now, the problem with that is, is that most of the kids that are going out to work, um, and this is a broad, royal generalization, let's just say their reading skills are less than adequate. So we have to find a way to educate them on a, in a manner that they understand, whether it's making them look up a video on their cell phone or letting them look at a video, something that will attach their attention. Um, as you know, we have a serious educational problem in this country, and resolving that would go a long way to resolving the problems of child labor. Um, but wishing it isn't going to make it so, because people have been wishing that for, for hundreds of years. But I believe that the tools are there. I believe that the government does an inadequate job of using the tools that it has. The biggest problem that we're going to face with child labor is going to be immigrants. Um, they have a tendency to be poorer, uh, more willing to do things that, that they know or even they know they shouldn't have to do, or they will do them because it's the only way that they're going to put bread on the table. Um, there are language issues, there are cultural issues. Um, the, we can't, and I don't necessarily know all the answers or any of the answers. There's two ways they do things in this country. They either do it by, you know, like the Republicans always treat everything that's, that's and this is another broad generalization, to achieve the same goal, each of the different types of groups in this country use different methods, but the goal is the same. So if we wanted to stop child labor at a specific type of job, at a specific age, the Republicans would just penalize the work, the, the employer and fine them. And you treat it as a criminal violation. That's the Democrats would treat it as welfare distribution and they would let the employer get away with a fine. Of course, after the fine is paid, unless there's constant constant um, enforcement, which we really don't have the money for, um, they'd, they'd go back and they'd hire some more children. Uh, we have to focus our attention on the areas in which child labor is going to be acute and is acute. Um, look, we're lucky there are countries that child labor also means complete and total um, trafficking of children. Uh, we don't have we don't have as big a problem here as they do in other countries. We can't just give money to these families so that their children don't go out to work because the children will still go out to work. We have to find a way to and there's and I would take that back because there are no sound bites on a on a blog that actually give a solution to the problem. The, the problem is there, and we know it's a problem. Getting an answer to your question, telling kids about their rights, you can tell kids about their rights today and tomorrow. There's a certain percentage that'll do something about them, and there's a certain percentage that'll do nothing, and there's a certain percentage that just won't work. So we, I, I think that we'll start with using the tools that children know best. So it'll either have to be comic books or books that are geared towards towards younger children. 
or videos um, and they have to be done well and they can't just be smiley Marisol talking about uh, I'm sorry that was a um, an ad that used to be in the in the subways that was it was it was about AIDS and how it how it got transmitted that was the name of one of the characters you can't just have the smiling woman standing in front of the screen because what are we going to do you know how it gets in this country if the woman is of one ethnic group you can't show it to another ethnic group so you know, maybe we should just have an avatar, some you know, you know, anthropomorphic creature um, that sits and 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 like the um, like the creature that was presenting the DNA in Jurassic Park, you know, non-human, saying all the bad things about child labor. That that that's an example of the type of education that you'd be stuck with, and I think it would be that, that animation that they had in the movie Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. it was geared towards all ages. It was designed so that everybody would be able to access the information. So that's the type of way that we're going to have to express the information and get it across to the children that we want to reach. Their parents are definitely not the proper recipients of the information because they're part of the reason why the kids are going out to work in the first place. But the kids have to know the fundamental rights that they have. One is the right to complain and not get fired. The other is rights against sexual harassment and bullying in the workplace. The other is they have a, they have a right to workman's compensation, their rights for unemployment, and what they're entitled to be paid in their, hour, in their working hours. It's not a lot of information that has to be imparted. It just has to be imparted regularly. And then we have to make it a little easier if there is a violation that children can that children can complain about the violation and have something done about it. But again, they don't want to complain because it means they lose their job. So I think we can start with a very accessible way of letting them know their rights and let them choose whether or not they want to enforce their rights in the first place. And, and that's my best answer to your question. I, I, I don't think I'm in a position to dictate what's going to be best for the whole country or what, what what's going to work for everybody, or nor will anything I say really fit within the perceptions of any of the people who make our laws, because they all have to follow their own preconceived notions how to do things. Um, in the end, like many problems, we'll make little baby steps forward and not solve it. Um, but we have since child labor in the head of the industrial revolution we've taken huge strides all over the world and especially in the united states and england and what we like to call the um the first world to uh, stop child labor especially in dangerous occupations